Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What is up, Waffle Gang? I do hope you are well. My name is Mark, and today we're checking out some r slash malicious compliance. If you are new here, please consider hitting that like, that subscribe, and maybe that notification bell too, as it all massively helps out our channel. Let's just jump straight in to the maliciously good stuff. Whatever that means. <laughs> Our first story comes from Scout. Is it okay if I fire you? Obligatory long-time reader, first-time poster, on mobile, yada yada. This is a story of malicious compliance that a previous boss had done, but involved me directly, as will be explained. Time frame is early 2000s for reference. In my late high school slash early college years, I had a job doing telemarketing, working during winter and summer breaks. While it was boiler room cold calling, we primarily were soliciting donations for agencies that had contracted us to do the work, so felt less scuzzy. Think police departments, fire departments, etc. We kept a portion of the donations for operating expenses. Everything over a certain threshold went directly to the receiving party. Everybody wins. I enjoyed the job as the scripts were simple. I was allowed to read a book and such between calls, and a number of my friends were also employed there so we could hang out during lunch breaks. The pay was a decent chunk above minimum wage at the time, so it was a good gig. I also had a knack for it, and at one point was fifth in sales across all their sites they had in operation, second in our building. One summer, while driving to work, my car promptly dies with no warning, and I'm left stranded on the road. As you do in this situation back before cell phones for poor college students were a thing, I walk to the nearest house and ask to use the phone. I call my dad who starts driving to get me and call my work to let them know I'll be late. My boss says fine that he will chat with me when I get in. Father shows up with my mother in two cars. I take the extra and he begins the arduous process of towing my car back to the house. This involved tying a rope to the front of the car and to the back of his vehicle and crawling back home so he could fix it himself. I've been in that back car and did not envy my father being in the back car with only 10 feet of space between him and the car my mother was driving, but I'm off to work. I arrive to work, clock in almost an hour after the start of my shift and promptly told by the front receptionist that my boss would like to see me in his office, so I head on back. Beginning details completed, cue the start of the MC story. My boss and I have always had a good rapport. I'm a good worker and get good reviews, and he and I have some similar interests outside of work we can chat about occasionally. When I arrive in his office, he's shuffling some papers around and has laid out a few documents facing me. As close as I can recall, this is the conversation that followed. The boss says, Hope everything worked out with the car. Glad to have you here. Couple of things I need to discuss with you. First of all, as I'm sure you're aware, being more than 30 minutes late to work is considered a class C violation. Three classes from C to A, C being the least egregious. If insufficient time is given prior to the occurrence, this is your first violation, so I'd like to talk to you about what happens next. I'm sweating at this point. I've never been talked to about being out of order on anything while working here and getting my first violation scared the heck out of me. So I'm sitting there white faced and he continues. The boss says, 
No official write-up or anything occurs for a first violation, or even the first few Class C violations, but it is a manager's discretion on the punishment depending on past behaviours. Now you're a good employee, and I've put into corporate a few times to give you a raise, but because you only work during your school breaks, it is denied, and you aren't considered full-time. So the papers I have here are your termination papers and offer letter I'd like to extend to you to hire you back on again. So in short, before I file these, I'd like to ask, is it okay if I fire you? So we go through the process of him firing me, which then allowed him to extend an offer to me to rehire me at roughly a 25% increase in pay, since he could justify to corporate the bump as he was hiring someone with experience. In talking to him, he let me know it was something he occasionally did to the high school and college workers to get around the corporate's policy of not allowing raises to people that didn't work 1,000 plus hours in a year. It was his own way of being maliciously compliant with a policy that didn't allow him to reward some people that he thought deserved it. He had been apparently waiting for me to do something that he could technically fire me for. The way their back-end system worked, it wouldn't have even showed up as a break in service since the firing and hiring happened on the same day. And since I never worked more than the minimum 1,000 each year, I didn't have any tenure or anything to be worried about losing. The laugh he and the receptionist had when he walked me back to the front to introduce her to the new employee was enjoyable, and I've had a fun story to tell ever since. It's one of these ones where you come into the story and is it okay to fire you? Think, oh my word, what kind of boss is this going to be? And it's turned out, I think this is the first malicious compliance I've ever seen that's a wholesome story. And I wanted to start with this one because I thought, oh, that's absolutely great. And there was just lots of comments on this one saying, oh, what an absolute rare boss this is. What a good find of a boss and all this kind of thing. And he sounds like an absolutely fantastic person. I wonder if he's still working this to this day. And this next story comes from Rentacle. Can't leave before the end of my notice period. <laughs> no problem. Last month, my manager drops a bombshell. The company has decided to scrap the big project that my team has been working on for the past two years. We must wrap up everything and starting from June, we will be moved to different teams. Now, I'm a data analyst and the company doesn't have any open projects that require a data analyst. So they looked at my profile, saw I had some basic knowledge of programming and decided to move me to the dev team. Both me and the dev team think it's an insane idea because I will need lots of training before I become useful and I don't even want to be a full-time dev. But upper management hasn't bothered to ask our opinion before making all the arrangements. I immediately start looking for a new job and as luck would have it, there is an extremely high request for data analyst in my area. Within a few weeks, I have an offer in hand and I give in my notice. My contract, I'm in the EU, is very strict regarding notice periods. A resigning employee must give two months notice. This is entirely for the benefits of the company that will need to find a replacement. The same applies when a company fires an employee. They must give the employee two months notice. However, it's impossible to shorten the notice period by mutual agreement. So when I sit down with my manager in HR, I tell them I'd like to give only two weeks notice and leave at the end of May. I tell them I've already started wrapping up my activities before my move to the dev team, and I don't have any ongoing projects that I need to transfer to my colleagues. So two weeks would be more than enough to finish documenting everything. They say absolutely no. I have to stay here for the entire two month period, which is fine by me. My new job doesn't start until August and I don't mind being paid in the meantime. The only reason I suggested shortening the notice period was because I thought I was doing the company a favor. I thought I'd be stealing their paycheck if I stayed for two months even though I don't have anything left to do. But since they pretty much told me I was being unprofessional or I was trying to cut and run, 
Okay, I'll take their money in exchange for sitting around and doing nothing for a few more weeks. You may think, but Rentacle, they're going to find some boring task for you. Well, they can certainly try, but the projects they're working on are so different from what I do that I'm pretty much useless to them. For example, someone will ask, can you do XYZ? And I will honestly answer, I have no idea what XYZ even is, but I will be happy to help if you teach me. At that point, they say it'll take too long and it's not even worth to train me since I'm leaving soon. So my working days now go like this. I show up at 9am sharp and go to my office, where I'm the only person since the others were moved to different teams. I have a leisurely second breakfast, check my email, then I send for a message to our team's group, letting them know I'm free and to ask me if they need help with anything. Then I remote into my home PC and play until lunchtime. I have lunch, coffee, I chat with my co-workers. They're quite nice. It's too bad that upper management is crazy. I'm going to miss them. In the afternoon, I usually check Reddit. I check with my friends if they're online, play a bit more, then I'm at the door at 5pm. By the way, they would like for me to vacate the office so they can use it as a meeting room. But they can't until I leave. There are no empty desks anywhere. The dev team already hired someone else and has no space, so tough luck. <laughs> now, my, some of my favorite ones, always the ones where the companies are actually shooting themselves in the foot. And this is a, a great example of that. And I love the fact that I'm having a second breakfast. I'm playing video games <laughs> until lunch. Then going and chatting with my coworkers. Just sounds like a, a great day all around to be paid as well. I bet you'll, I wonder what the coworkers think of this situation. <laughs> But random French deadbeat replies to this end, and now comes the funny part of it. Most countries in Europe state employers must give something to do according to their qualifications and contract. This is to protect workers so they don't end up in a position where the company wants them gone but refuses to fire them and pay for it. If you live in one of those, you could use that as leverage to negotiate working from home. That frees up the meeting room too. To which a hundred little butterflies also reply saying something somewhat similar happened to me. I had to give four weeks notice to move to a different state and help take care of my terminal grandparents. I plan to use the first two weeks to wrap up and transfer all my projects and the last two to use my two weeks of leave I had saved up to house hunt and prepare to move. They said I couldn't use the leave terminally even though the company policy doesn't say so. It does say that my leave will not be paid out, meaning it won't be transferred to money and added to my paycheck, and they wouldn't let me take leave now. So I was faced with either staying on two weeks to transfer projects and screw myself over by being ready to leave, or screw them and just pick up my stuff and go that day. It was very cathartic to leave that very moment. Shortly after, everyone else on my team left as well, but that's a different story for a different day. And we... We'll be waiting for that story, little butterflies. <laughs> and one more from Notice N. That is just terrible HR. The companies I've worked for have said, we have to pay you for two months, but there's nothing useful you can do. Go home, have a good summer. Maybe one day you'll work for us again. Absolutely. Now let's move on to the next story. And our next story is from Reach is the best Halo. I'm sorry, but employees can't eat. I used to work at a restaurant. It was actually two separate joints that shared a kitchen that was often very slow during the week. I was pretty friendly with most of the bartenders, cooks, other servers, etc. Except the manager and the assistant manager. The manager had been there for about a thousand years and was a cantankerous, I've heard that before, old guy that hated everyone and mumbled to himself a lot. He would often brag that he drove home half asleep at 4am and would jolt himself awake using the rumble strips when his car crossed into the shoulder. 
The assistant manager, like many assistant managers, was mean and bitter because he didn't have enough power to call the shots as the manager, but had enough power to order the rank and file around and generally make life miserable. Our story begins one Tuesday evening. It was a slow night in my half, but the other place had live music and a decent crowd. So I'd been hustling and helping out the folks on the other side while waiting maybe two or three tables all night on my end. It's about 9.30 and the kitchen closes at 10, so things are winding down. I'm in the kitchen talking with the cooks and the assistant manager and I'm standing by the expo table where there's a plastic bin filled with ice and then small buckets for toppings, things like tomatoes, lettuce, onions, etc. Since I've been there since about 3.30 and haven't had anything to eat, I take a pickle spear from the bucket and bring it to my mouth to eat it. Let me stress at this point that this happened all the time and literally everyone did it, including the assistant manager. But the pickle never reaches my mouth. He slaps my hand and I drop it. I'm kind of confused. The cooks are confused too. I turn to him and ask, what was that? He says in a smarmy voice, employees can't eat. Rather than remind he himself had eaten a few Oreos in just the same manner a few hours before, I stay silent because I know revenge is a dish best served cold. Fast forward several weeks, it's a Friday night and the place is very busy. Many of the regulars are at the bar chatting and having a good time. There's kind of an anteroom where the staff can hang out after work if we don't need the space. I clock out and see that two of my co-workers are having a beer there, so I go over to join them. One of the regulars sees us and brings us a bowl of some homemade trail mix he made. It was a nice time sitting with some friends after work, drinking beer and eating some trail mix. Enter the manager, the assistant manager and another waiter. He has to void something on a check and needs a manager ID to okay it. Normal stuff. They finish and as they're going for the door, I see the assistant manager side-eye the trail mix. I know what must be done. He stops and walks over to the table and grabs a handful of the trail mix. Immediately, I bring my left hand up and forcefully slap his hand into the bowl. Nuts and raisins go flying everywhere. The two people I was with stop talking. Everyone looks at me and silence falls. In a clear, angry voice, the assistant manager turns to me and asks, why did you do that? Without hesitation, I look him right in the eye and say, employees can't eat. After about five seconds of silence, he turns and walks away and we resume socializing. The guy was hated almost universally at this place. I had a lot of fun retelling the story for the next few weeks. I kind of want to know what happened after though. Was you treated in any different way? Did he learn his lesson from this? Oh, I want to know more. <laughs> but also, hold up a second. Who's carrying around trail mix with them? <laughs> I wouldn't be happy if someone gave me trail mix to go with my beer. <laughs> That's just me though. He might have been a great person. Let's not judge. And this next story is from Garmstrong318. We must all drink the spirit you shared with us now. Okay. This happened while I worked at a phone shop in the UK. The shop was a fruit name. Anyway, it was 2009 and I'd just come back from a three-week Spanish holiday and I had a sharing box of absinthe. It ranged from 87.5% to 98% alcohol. Not proof, but actual percent of alcohol. I had drunk the 98% stuff on holiday and got wasted only on 150 ml of the stuff. During a whole night, not all at once. Anyway, I replaced that bottle with OJ and planned to take it myself when I shared with all the staff in the shop. I get back to the UK on the Thursday, had Friday off and was in work Saturday morning. Now I handed out the bottles and before I could say not drink this stuff until tonight, the boss snatched a bottle of 95% stuff, told everyone to do a toast and had us all down the entire bottle. 
As I tried to explain, no you will get drunk. He said it's tradition wherever he worked to share these bottles and drink up when he handed it out. So we all did. Of the eight staff in seven were quickly laid up and wasted and sick. All but one of them vomited it back up. Meanwhile, me with a bottle of OJ was manning the shop and making the best day sale ever. I earned nearly 450 pound commission in one day. Boss tried to get me in trouble, but all the staff all said to the area manager that he insisted we all drank and overruled my warnings not to. He ended up getting fired a few months later for sleeping with a staff member. I left shortly afterwards to change to a job at Vodafone. And this next story is from Luther Williams. Accused my salesperson of forgery. Awesome, your service is canceled. I used to be a sales manager for a B2B services company. We provided a service to business. Unlike a lot of companies, we would not auto renew a client service unless they signed a new contract. The contracts were generally for one to three years. All our contracts were signed on an iPad that recorded the GPS coordinates of where the document was signed and we emailed the client a copy of the agreement instantly. And in the email, we basically said, if you disagree with this contract or would like to make changes, contact us within five business days. If you don't, we will move forward and bill accordingly. In addition, one of the cancellation terms in the contract was dishonesty. If the client could prove we were dishonest, they had a right to cancel without penalty. If the client acted dishonestly, we had the right to cancel the contract with us. There was a client that was actually quite a small account, but always proved to cause a lot of headache for my reps. I remember calling the rep and going over the common issues I've seen with this client, and I stressed, get the signature on the iPad in his office. I also stressed that if the client wanted to cancel, let him cancel because he's proven to be very difficult to work with. Salesman went to the sales call, signature was signed, client service was executed according to the terms of contract. Four months later, I get an email from a customer service rep. The client is claiming that my salesman forged the client's signature. I did my due diligence before calling the client. I checked where the newest contract was signed. It was signed in the client's place of business via the iPad. I compared the signature on our newest contract to the many signatures on the numerous contracts we had on file with the same signer from the client. They were all very close. I also looked at the email that we went to the client right after the contract was signed. The client opened the link to see his contract 65 minutes after the contract was signed and did nothing. Also, the link was open for several minutes. I looked up the client's current bidding status. He was 45 days behind. He knew we didn't start charging late fees until 60 days behind. And at 120 days, we would begin litigation collection account status. I called up the client and this is how the call went. I said, hello, this is Luther from ABC. I was told you're accusing my sales rep of forging your signature on the renewal. Client says, yes, I never agreed to pay that much. I never would have. I told him to give me a discount and I wanted to see it in writing before I signed. And did he give you a discount and show it to you in writing? No, he said he had to go talk to his boss and I never heard back from him. And I said, okay, and then what happened? Well, you all kept the service and I noticed on my billing it hadn't gone down, but up in cost. And I looked back in my emails and saw the sales rep forged my signature and that's illegal. I said, yes, you're right. If the salesperson did forge your signature, that is illegal. Well, good to see we agree on that. I then said, after the contract was signed regardless, if the signature was forged or not, you would have gotten an email with a link to the contract asking you to verify that everything is correct. And if it's not, to let us know within five business days. Did you get the email? If you did get the email, did you review the contract? Client says, well, yes, but I was pretty busy and didn't open the email until recently. 
I said, I totally get it. We are busy nowadays, so assuming he did forge a signature, what would you consider an acceptable resolution to this? Would you want to end service with no penalty? Would you like a discount? Client says, I would want a discount. To which I said, and what would you consider an acceptable discount? Three months of free service. Got it. Well, Mr. Client, I got several problems with your claim that my sales rep forged your signature. And before I fire the salesperson for forgery and offer you a discount, I'd like to see if we can't address those problems. The client says that sounds fair. The signature was captured on our iPads, which records the GPS coordinates of where the signature happened. Per the GPS coordinates, it happened inside your place of business. Client says, well, he knows that, right? And says, yes, he did. That just means he forged it inside my building. Okay, well, the next issue is that the signature on the renewal contract looks exactly like the previous contracts. And he says, he just copied my signature. I know I didn't sign that. Then I said, could it be possible that someone else in your company signed it? Client says, no, everyone here knows I'm the only one that gets to sign those contracts. I then say, I understand. The next issue I have with your claim is that the link to the contract was emailed to you was open 65 minutes after the contract was signed. No, it wasn't. Yes, sir, it was. The reason why we have you click a link to view the signed contract is so we know if you open the link or not. Not only that it appears like the link was open for several minutes, which to me would indicate the person who opened that link reviewed the contract. Also the fact that no one ever responded to the email would indicate to me the person who received the contract was fine. Client says, are you accusing me of lying? I said, yes. And because of that, I will be canceling your service with us effective immediately. How would you like to pay your current balance? Client says, you're canceling my service and want me to pay? Yes, I want you to pay for the services we provided. I'm not gonna pay. If you're not gonna pay for the services we provided, I'm gonna refer you to our collections department and they will add late fees and if you don't pay them, they will refer you to our law firm for litigation. Client says, we have a contract, you can't just cancel my service. To which I say, actually I can. Since I have a good reason to believe you're lying about the accusation that my salesperson forged your signature. Everything I have says you signed it. Our contract states that we cancel your contract for being dishonest and that's what we're going to do. Client says, fuck you, and then hangs up. I referred the client to collections. He eventually paid them without us having to sue him. Honestly, probably would have just sold his debt to a collection agency due to the dollar amount not being high enough to be worth it to sue. But what a shitty person was willing to let someone get fired for, you know, to get out of a contract like that. I find that absolutely disgusting. But what do you guys make of today's collections of stories? Did you enjoy a bit of malicious compliance? Let me know in the comments below if you choose to do so. And if you want to support the channel further, and if, as always, never any pressure to do so, please click that join button down below for YouTube or click the link in the description for Patreon and join up there. Thank you so much for your love, your support, and your time, you spicy so-and-so. And I will see you, I will, in the next one. <laughs> Take care, guys. Much love. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And... 
Don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.